da 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 all the stuff you're gonna edit out so I can read da 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 This is the intro to the episode. Yes. <laughs> this is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace Murray. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team! I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, are you feeling refreshed after vacation? How you doing today, bud? I'm feeling fantastic. I went to Parker, Arizona at the Colorado River, and we had a blasty blast. I got towed on the back of a boat, which I'd never felt that ever, because I'm used to being so... Not small enough to be towed by anything. Uh, so, yeah, had a big old blast, refreshed, got a nice little tan, and uh, I'm feeling great. How about yourself? Oh, well, I'm feeling great, and that story about you doing skinny people things reminds me of a wonderful story, and I owe you for last week's episode, so I'm going to tell it. Uh, so after you lost an, uh, an entire obese man from your body, uh, we had a party at the house here and we had a magical, wonderful jumper and you had never been in a jumper since maybe you were like a little, little kid. And, uh, I'm of course in there like a dumbass doing backflips and all this. And we convinced you to get in this, this wonderful jumper and just to like, in, in all the ways that could just like knock you back down to reality and make you feel like shit, you take a couple bounces, stumble backwards Fell against the mesh, knocked the entire thing over, <laughs> and it's probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you. Well, one of you know, it, it's... one of yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, exploding, exploding chair was was probably number one. <laughs> yes, exploding chairs. Those old. Uh, well, there was because so I I witnessed you uh, breaking two chairs in my lifetime. Uh, what I also witnessed Jesse Hernandez have the same thing with the same kind of chair. It was little plastic folding chairs. Well, they're metal framed, but they got the plastic seats and everything. Those shits are weak as hell. And uh, at that time, you were just kind of sitting on it and it, you know, just crumpled beneath you. But again, I witnessed the same thing happen to Jesse Hernandez. That's not that great of a feat. Those chairs aren't super strong. But the best time was after you worked like, I don't know, 15 minutes in the ring over here at the house. And you went to sit down on one of the old, uh, the the lawn chairs, you know, like the all plastic ones. And you yes, plop with the down. the arms and everything. Yes, with the arms and everything. And you plop down and all four legs exploded out of it. And it, it just crumpled to a million pieces. Uh, that was awesome. I'm sure it was embarrassing. I can imagine. But that also led to another great story where that those were the style of chairs at my wedding. Uh, Uh, (laughs) yeah i was wrong the bench so (laughs) and the back of the building they had a bench form of those chairs so it's like a three people wide bench and we went before my wedding and put a a sign on it reserved for ron (laughs) yes vip 
Yes, VIP treatment. You got the whole bench. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yes. So, yes, that is my payback for last week making me look like a dumbass and laugh just not being able to finish the episode in a way that made sense because you broke me, bud. You absolutely got me with the uh, great quang. That was the moment <laughs> where I lost my composure. What's better than retaliating from a lot of laughter than traumatic past experiences? <laughs> uh, you, you, you <laughs> I mean, oh. we're dead even now. <laughs> well, to be to be fair, I will tell some of my my uh, super fat stories as well. There, oh, they're, there came, they're so fun. Yeah, they ca there came a point where I knew I needed to do something where if on, I've, I've worked in construction my entire life, but there were times when uh, I would go to a porto potty and if it wasn't completely level flat on a surface, if it was tipped to one side or the other, um, there was no way for me to clean myself once I was done because I could not reach uh, if I was leaning to the side or whatever. So I had to like physically stand up and like reach around the back and do the best I could because sitting leaned off to the right, it, there was no way I was able to reach. So, uh, but your, I will, I will wrap this, uh, Ron was super fat story up by saying once Ron lost an entire obese man from his body weight, uh, it also inspired me to do the same and I lost a hundred pounds. So I think together we've lost, I don't know, about 400 ish pounds. So at least a small starving family. Yes, yeah, small starving family. <laughs> that is correct. So yes, so it 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 got better. <laughs> it did. It did get better. But you know, it's funny that it. Well, it's fitting. See what I did there? That yes. we're kind of talking about this subject because the subject that we're talking about today had a lot of problems and issues with this uh, same thing, but is still regarded as one of the best to ever do it, and was recently crowned the greatest big man of all time by us, the creative team. And we're taking this and making a whole new concept called Take It Up With Creative. And this is a whole new concept that we've kind of just been playing around with and we're actually guinea pigging it today with the man they call Vader. And I'm really excited to kick this off today. How about yourself? Oh, yes. This is, uh, I, this is like at the heart of, of every wrestling fans kind of just fandom where they go. I mean, for years, how many years have we all sat back and go, God damn it. Fucking Vince McMahon's ruining this guy and all this. Well, today the creative team gets to fix uh, the mistakes of wrestling bookers in general. And today we're going to be focused on the man called Vader, big van Vader, the Mastodon Vader and uh, his WWF run from uh, 1996, uh, we're going to uh, fix it. We're gonna we're gonna tell you guys what happened. You know, for those of you that are not 40 years old and didn't live through it to remember it. And here's the thing: I started reading this. I lived through it. I did not remember a lot of this. That's how bad it went towards the end. So, um, but I will say, going through this, um. In all honesty, being a grown man who's been around the business for the last 20 years, I feel a little less mad about what happened because it was really, really bad timing for Vader to come into the company. So, like, right when he comes in is the Royal Rumble and Shawn Michaels is about to be anointed the new guy, 
And during that same year, we had The King of the Ring, where Austin 316 was born. So it was a very, very difficult road, uh, uh, bleh, road to hoe for Vader. And uh, he was just kind of behind the eight ball, and it kind of sucked. But I still think we can come up with something better because we both agree Vader should have been the top guy in the company at some point. And uh, so we're going to go through it today. Um, what Just before we get into this, off of your memory, uh, what do you remember most about Vader's WWF run? I remember that it started off really well, and then there just happened to be no follow-through. And, you know, we can we can talk about that in detail. I'd rather not. We're just going to talk about fantasy stuff. But when he came in, it was like, you know, he, he was like a monster heel and they were doing it the right way. He came in and like hurt Gorilla Monsoon, which at that point I never seen anybody touch Gorilla. And it actually made me feel like a serious thing was happening. And then, you know, uh, injuring Yokozuna and the whole forklift scene and then beating him up while he's on the forklift. That was a thing to behold. Uh, his his alignment with Jim Cornette and, you know, it just they booked him as a real monster. Like uh, the way he injured Jake the Snake Roberts and kind of made him, uh, you know, kind of told the story of Jake's uh, downfall of that King of the Ring up until Austin beat him. Uh yeah, I thought they had something special with Vader. I I don't think he should have been on any Wheaties boxes or like the tippy top guy, but he definitely could have been that threat for a babyface to overcome because they did it the right way in WCW. Like the the scene where Flair's leaving his house and like potentially saying goodbye to his family to take on Vader. That's how you build a threat. You know, the whole strap match, the feud with Sting, you know, he was a threat. Um, Ron Simmons overcoming Vader, you know, it, it, I, as big as that moment was, you know, Vader played a major role in that. That's oh, a big sure. hill to climb, you know, as well as, you know, being the first African American heavyweight champion, uh, doing it against Vader was, was an even bigger deal. So for, for it to kind of start that way for Vader in WWF, but then kind of no follow through to make somebody else. I, I just think it was kind of a waste because he didn't, they could have built him up and then his downfall meant something instead of just like slowly disintegrating to nothingness, like the way, like what had happened. All right. So since we're there, um, I'm just going to go through what actually happened, ladies and gentlemen. So 1996 Royal Rumble, Vader makes his debut. And now we do know Vader was injured at the time. So that's why they kind of had to do a little bit of a start and stop with his debut, which was fine. Um, I thought the way they did it, really, like you said, told the story. So 1996, he comes in, Vader's doing well. And then for whatever reason, him and Yoko end up kind of together, leaning on the ropes. And Sean comes in, dumps them both out. Vader gets pissed off, gets back in the ring, starts beating everybody up. And that's when they, you know, everyone in Gorilla and all, they all come down, they shoo Vader off. Next night, Vader wrestles Savio Vega, squashes him pretty well in short order, and then that's when the stuff happens with Gorilla, and Vader gets suspended. So then what was great, uh, Jim Cornette is an advocate for Vader, ah, ah, and <laughs> he gets Vader reinstated. So at In Your House 6, um, Vader attacks Yokozuna uh, to set up 
for a singles match at WrestleMania. And that's when they did the injury angle. They had to forklift Yoko out because he couldn't walk, all that good stuff. It was great. Problem is, at this point, Yoko's health and weight got so bad that they had to make it a six-man tag. Um, I was just kind of reading through results to figure out what happened and everything. And Yoko was having all of his matches were like one or two minutes, three minutes max at this point. And it's a little sad because Yoko was so great. Um, and then and then to tie into that, they, they had a stipulation that if Yokozuna's team wins, they get five, he gets five minutes with Jim Cornette. And the rumor, I, I don't think it's that true, but I wouldn't be surprised, is that they actually just switched it to Vader's team winning just because Yoko didn't want to go the extra five minutes. <laughs> I, so no know, payoff because you're lazy. I wouldn't doubt that. That, that's, that's, that could be something that is true that the Yoko couldn't go five minutes with Corny. And so the whole angle got just shot in the foot and it sucked. But nonetheless, Vader ends up getting the win at WrestleMania, which is good. Okay, at least he's strong. He's over. Um, that leads to um, he, he attacks HBK shortly after that to set up the feud with HBK. And then uh, they had a six-man tag at In Your House. And uh, uh, Vader gets the pin on Shawn Michaels at In Your House 9 and to lead to SummerSlam, where uh, Vader promptly loses to Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam, clean in the middle of the ring. And now we're already off to that kind of start. Next, he ends up in a feud with Undertaker. That goes pretty much from SummerSlam to the Royal Rumble that year. Uh, in, in the Royal Rumble... Vader gets the win over Taker, which was nice, with help from Paul Bearer. And then that was the year that they had that awesome angle that we totally ripped off and did in my backyard in the UWC when we were running our stuff. Vader gets the limit, or no, uh, the refs get distracted. Funk and, and, and uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley are just brawling on the outside. The refs are all trying to break it up. Stone Cold Steve Austin gets eliminated, and nobody saw it. None of the refs, none of the officials. So he just slides back in the ring, eliminates everyone, and Austin gets his first Royal Rumble win, which is a great story to tell. Um, I, I feel like that's going to get lost here when we start with our rebooking because it has to. <laughs> but yep. um, that led to the final four at the next In Your House um, because Shawn Michaels vacated the title. He was injured. Which is, may I add, that as far as like his existing run... This was Bell to Bell, the best thing he was ever involved in. Oh, yeah, the I final think. four? Yeah, that match was awesome. Uh, there was blood, he, and it was his. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, yeah, he, he had a gusher. It was great. Yeah, yes. I'm going to go back and watch most of this stuff after this. Like, I started reading this, and I'm like, I need to watch all of these in your houses. I need to watch 1996 in order and relive it because it's just been probably since, I don't know, 1996 that I watched all of these pay-per-views. So, um, but the final four was great, but uh, Vader again took the loss. So he's had two title matches already in his first year in the company. He's lost both title matches. And at that point, he's pretty much dead in the water. He still had a little bit of run after this. That was cool. Um, but uh, at WrestleMania 13, he ends up tagging with Mankind. And they have a tag team title match that they end up losing. Um, then he just kind of scuffles around and just gets a little bit lost in the shuffle. So they turn Vader babyface. Vader. They turned Vader face. 
And <laughs> uh, at Survivor Series, he led Team USA against Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. And then the last feud of any real significance he had was with... Boy Meets uh, World. Well, yeah, there's Boy Meets World. Well, <laughs> I will say we should, we definitely should mention, because if y'all want to see one good match, uh, go watch the Canadian Stampede 1. Fantastic pay-per-view, great show, but Vader and Undertaker have a phenomenal match. Vader takes a tombstone. It's incredible. Like, that match is fantastic. I would go out of your way to watch the entire Canadian Stampede pay-per-view. Best crowd I've ever seen in my life. It comes across through the screen how hot and amazing this crowd is. It's one of the best pay-per-views ever. It's right up there with WrestleMania 17 and Wrestle, uh, Wrestle Kingdom 9. Like, it's one of the greatest wrestling shows you will ever see in your life. Go watch it. So, anyway... Last real feud of any significance was Vader feuding with Goldust. So, yeah. And then after the Goldust feud, Vader just kind of toiled around, became a jobber, lost to everybody. And it was a giant letdown and disappointment. Uh, now, as we, as you alluded to, uh, Vader also had weight issues and the company wanted him to lose weight. Uh, same with Yoko, and then this is kind of where all that bullshit really started happening, where they wanted guys to lose weight, they didn't want guys on steroids, they didn't want, you know, d this is when the drug policies really kind of sort of started to come into the purview of wrestling, so, um, so there it is, that's what happened, ladies and gentlemen, it started off great, and then just kind of quickly fell off a cliff, and uh, I really think the biggest problem is that they put the belt on Sean. They obviously were not going to take the belt off of Sean in the first six, eight months of that run. And so Vader immediately feuding with Sean may not have been the best idea. And then Austin very quickly becoming the hottest heel slash tweener in the company, I think kind of buried Vader. Plus they turned Sid heel so they already had another monster heel. So like Vader ended up just kind of getting lost in the shuffle. And that sucks because Vader is a million times better than Sid. It's not even close. Um, so I'm just going to give it to you, Ronald. Where do you want to start? Um, I, I mean, we'll start at the beginning. What do you think about the beginning? Should I, I feel maybe we should leave the beginning alone. What about you? I mean, I have my whole new, I have my own beginning, you know, you can do whatever you want. I I like to get into it. I have my own fantasy beginning and middle and and end and follow through. You know, I, I there's a lot of what actually took place that I loved and you know, we didn't really touch on his uh feud with Kane. You know, that was like the, the he was also the first guy to knock Kane off of his feet. And uh, they had that whole feud with like the wrench and like he disfigured Vader. That was pretty cool. And then during Vader's run, I don't know if you remember the the Kuwait interview where he like manhandled the interview guy for saying wrestling was fake. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I wish they would have turned that into an angle instead of trying to uh, you know put out a fire. But I understand it was it was a pretty crazy time. He even got held back in the country. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, however you want to do it, uh, I have I have a pitch. If you want me to go first, just kind of feel me out, and then you kind of give me what. Uh, uh, what you think, just let me know. Well, okay, so what I did was I basically went through and went back to the Royal Rumble, and I booked this all the way up to WrestleMania 13. And whatever happens after that is is immaterial because by the time we get to WrestleMania 13, 
for me, Vader is an established top guy, and frankly, uh, there's no turning back from that point. Like at that point, you have him as a top guy. He can keep being in the main event picture. You could take him down a notch; it would be fine. You could put him back with with Mick; it's fine. But I basically my storyline builds up to a big blow off at WrestleMania 13. Um, and, and then really after that, it, it doesn't matter because at that point we've made him a star. Um, but I, for one, I left the beginning alone, except for, I would make a few tweaks. I would start at the 96 Royal Rumble and make it abundantly clear that Vader is a dominant force. And he would have had the diesel spot for me where he was just throwing motherfuckers out of there. And then when Yoko gets in there, okay, this takes a little bit. And then I'd still have him get eliminated by Sean, which would, which is fine. And then have him do the, do, do the run in, beat everyone up. And obviously we know he was injured, so we had to get him off TV. So I love the gorilla angle. I don't want to lose that. I want that to stay exactly where it is. And so up to that point, I'm good. And then when I, when Corny brings him back, the thing is I would have just had him avoid Sean a lot longer than they did. Like I would have waited on Sean until way, way later and uh, for me, yeah, I'd have brought him back with Corny. And I'm I'm even okay with turning on Yoko and injuring him. That was great because Yoko's on his way out anyway. There's nothing we could do about that. Um, but I still, no matter what, would have put Vader versus Yoko at WrestleMania in a singles match. I don't care. Like, if Yoko's not there and he can't go, then you need to just keep him off TV. But if you're trying to use him, there's no way this is a six-man tag. And I'm fine with Vader just beating Yoko in three minutes. But Yoko and Vader has to be a singles match at WrestleMania for me. And Vader's going over strong. And then I even like what they did at the April in your house. Razor Ramon versus Vader. I'm great with this. (laughs) <laughs> I absolutely want to see Razor Ramon versus Vader, and I'm going to definitely go back. That is going to be probably the first match I watch when I start reviewing this shit and I binge watch it. Yeah, the battle of the stiff punch versus the greatest working punch ever. Yes, yes. So, yeah, so that's me. And then um, I would even go back to, they did do the Vader versus Yoko singles match at In Your House in May. And so I would have the return there. I would make that like a no disqualification, all this nonsense. Vader over strong on Yoko. I get that one last good match out of Yoko, and then he can ride off into the sunset, making, you know, clearing the way for Vader. Um, But when we get to King of the Ring, this is where I thought things started for the first time kind of going off the rails. Uh, There is no way I'm putting Vader in the King of the Ring tournament at all under any circumstance because... If Vader is in that tournament, he has to win. You cannot have Vader out. I know what they did was great, and that's fine, but uh, I'm sorry. Vader's not in that tournament. What I do have happening, though, is I still have a babyface Sid Vicious at King of the Ring. So one of my break my, my matches in between tournament matches is going to be Vader versus Sid so that I can get another monster win for vader so now he's beat yoko now he's beat sid now he's beat razor like vader is just mowing down monsters okay so uh, so what happened at king of the ring another thing that was cool is that ahmed johnson won the intercontinental title from gold dust i love this perfect 
So what I'm doing, though, at SummerSlam is instead of having that Vader-Sean match, I'm putting Vader in the ring with Ahmed Johnson. He's not that good. I know it's not going to get over that great. You know, it's nice to have 2020 hindsight. But, uh, yeah, Ahmed is just an, a transitional champion. Vader is over strong on Ahmed Johnson. Uh, I got him going for that Pearl River plunge a couple times and just not being able to hit it. And Vader's size and strength and just being too much. And now I have Vader as the Intercontinental Champion coming out of SummerSlam. And nice. that's going to lead to the September in your house. Oh, okay, also at SummerSlam. So I need a new opponent for Shawn Michaels. So I've got Owen Hart taking on Shawn Michaels for the WWF Championship at SummerSlam. And Vader is going to come out and run interference and try to help Sean get over. But Sean's buddy Sid is going to come to the save. And somehow Sean is still going to walk away from SummerSlam with that title because Sean needed this big win. He would have a phenomenal match with Owen. It would absolutely close the show out the way we need it to happen. And that's going to lead to a tag match at the next in your house. We got Vader and Owen. Yes, Vader and Owen Hart taking on HBK and Sid. <clears throat> and so Bulldog's going to come out, help with Corny, and they're going to run interference. They're going to get over on Sean. And, and, and it's going to, it, but let's see. Hold on. Okay. So they're going to get over on Sean and enter Undertaker to make this save, and we're going to brawl off. like We're going to have just a big, massive brawl at the end of In Your House. It's a six-man brawl. So that's going to set up a six-man tag at the next In Your House where, since Undertaker's involved now, and he's heavily feuding with Mankind, Mankind's going to get involved here at In Your House leading to Survivor Series. So now we've got four on three. Now, unannounced completely at the end of this pay-per-view, Bret Hart is making his return to even things up. And now I actually have a Survivor Series main event that is just fucking gold. I've got Vader and Mankind, Owen and Bulldog, across the ring from Sean, Brett, Sid, and The Undertaker. Now tell me that's not a main event in any world at any time that we can really get behind with all the promos and the, the, the you could have all those singles matches leading up to it. I mean, uh, that would be fantastic. I want to tune now, in now. Yeah. Now, see, now now this is where this is where the first time that somebody's going to get a little bit over on Vader, Sean at the Survivor Series is going to hit that big super kick. Vader's going to roll through the ropes, end up knocked out on the floor for like two minutes. Like this super kick is going to knock Vader the fuck out. And so he's laying laid out on the on the ground gets gets countered out and of course the baby faces are going over and then this is going to build up to royal rumble where i've got vader taking on Shawn michaels for the title at the royal rumble and vader is your new double champion intercontinental world champion at the royal rumble he has both belts Shawn's injured he's out at this point um and so I take him off because he's already got that knee injury brewing anyway. So let's just take Sean off at the Rumble, get the get that match out of him. And in the Royal Rumble, the winner, The Undertaker. So that's going to lead us up to WrestleMania 13, 
where our big buildup for this whole year and in, in change for Vader is leading to the double champion Vader at at WrestleMania 13 versus the Undertaker. And of course, we're keeping the streak alive because we're not going to just fuck up history so we can put our guy over. But now the Undertaker is finally anointed the real world's champion at WrestleMania 13. The only guy that can beat Vader. Sid couldn't do it. Sean couldn't do it. Razor couldn't do it. Yoko couldn't do it. But the Undertaker gets his big win at WrestleMania 13. And now he is the absolute tippy top guy. And uh, But going forward, Vader was the double champion. He's still the intercontinental champion coming out of WrestleMania 13. Ronald, what do you think? And uh, what do you, what is your idea? Man, that that's great. Like uh, that's a, that's a rocket strap in a, and a half because you know, you have him going up as double champion. So does he take both titles to WrestleMania, but then only loses the world title, but keeps the intercontinental title? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's cool. So he has, he has a reason to be on TV the next night without like tucking his tail between his legs. He can he can go on and still dominate a division while oh, anointing Undertaker. Oh, for sure. Because he's a, got a loss Brett. to Taker, yeah. a loss to Taker doesn't hurt, especially exactly. at WrestleMania. Exactly. And the, but then you've got Brett, you got Mankind, you've got Austin, you got all these awesome things you can do after that. Plus, at that point, if you do want to turn Vader babyface at some point along the line, it's it's easy to do it. Because he was the champion, he was dominant, he was a top guy. At this point, people are going to be impressed because he's <clears throat> just such a dominant force and so strong. And I, you know, I think Vader's promos are a little bit underrated. But also, all he's got to do is turn on that motherfucker Jim Cornette, and <laughs> he's a babyface. <laughs> I, I I call Vader's promos a coherent warrior promo. Right. Like it, there's the yelling, there's the there's the, all that shit. But like at least. He has a point, you know, (laughs) you know what he's trying to say. I will say here. The only thing in this that I really debated was I wanted to put Vader over on warrior at King of the ring, but I know we all know that shit was not going to fucking happen. Like there was no world in which the ultimate warrior was going to do a job at King of the ring because he beat Lawler in like six minutes. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So that that would be great. I would have loved to see that match just to see Warrior try to argue in the ring with him. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, this is why I love you. Because uh, your whole angle is drenched in Undertaker. Yes. So once we start hearing my pitch for Vader's uh, run, you might we might have some uh, similar angles going. But you know what? I took into consideration, you made a very good point, and I'm glad that you touched on it before I did, is that Vader's run was bad timing. You know, we were going into, like, deeper into the new generation with, like, the work rate and stuff like that, and the monster heel was kind of going out of style, even though it shouldn't if you tell the right story. So instead of tweaking the time frame that, like you did, which is awesome, uh, this is why we're the creative team, you're going to see it from my angle now, what I did is I rewound it just a bit. We're on WrestleMania Monday. The year is 1995. Paul Bear and Undertaker come to the ring, and there's already a casket on the side of the ring. Paul Bear and the Undertaker begin to speak and talk about how they defeated King Kong Bundy the night before, because we all know that was a barn burner. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the whole point of the promo is, My Undertaker! 
Undertaker is the one and only Phenom, the one and only monster in the World Wrestling Federation. And then the Undertaker grabs the microphone and, and says, "If And if anybody wants to question that, they can rest in. And before he gets peace out, the whole casket blows up. Engulfed in flames, security and staff rush to the ring. They put this fire out, the debris fucking, the smoke's clearing. When the smoke clears, all you see is Vader's crazy-ass helmet with smoke seeping out of it like cannons just went off, which is how the casket exploded. And we go to break with Paul Bear freaking out and Undertaker's cold, emotionless stare, letting us feel it instead. And we, and we already know, without Vader even being on te- television, that he's coming and his first target is Undertaker. And we're hooked immediately for next week. So... We just have this build between Vader and Taker up until the pay-per-view that never happened. Uh, In your house, it's time. Well, it happened. It's just Vader was never there. So we're going to take that pay-per-view, and Undertaker is going to get utterly destroyed by Vader. His debut is against the resident top monster. That's how you debut Vader. You just And he'll be, at that point, the only guy to single-handedly destroy Undertaker. Up until this point, it's been a group of guys. The Million Dollar Corporation, the whole locker room when they put him in the casket. This will be the first time one guy destroys him. Uh, so what month was that It's Time pay-per-view that was supposed to feature Vader? Did that well, actually happen? In real life, it was sometime in 96. But this is my fantasy, so you're just okay. going to have no, to no, follow. Okay, no worries, no worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. It's time was sometime in 96 when his run actually happened. But since I rewound the clock for a little bit well, of fun. Well, I think it actually happened more like 97-ish when his feud was dying. Because I went through all of the In Your Houses in 96, and none of them were called It's Time. So December 15th, 1996. Okay, so it wasn't there. They didn't have the that on the fuck you wikipedia they skipped over the it's time pay-per-view i hate to burst your bubble cole but i i'm looking at this on wikipedia oh damn it so (laughs) then i double clicked and just missed it it's my fault my fault ladies and gentlemen it's my bad okay so we're in 1995 we have a pay-per-view called it's time at some point and vader destroys the undertaker please continue good sir yes yes seeing as i didn't interrupt your story at all let's continue mine um (laughs) (laughs) so yes undertaker gets completely destroyed by vader uh undertaker goes away for a bit like there's even an afterbirth after the match he freaking destroys undertaker and and it's just it's like it's like uncomfortable almost like it's it's kind of like when brock lesnar destroyed john cena at that at that SummerSlam. oh it was so good so good it's it's like that uncomfortable and it's like never been seen before by one singular person and Vader is that guy. Yeah, kind of so, like when Mankind did it to The Undertaker. The next year. <laughs> yes. The next year, yes. <laughs> well, um, fuck Mankind. <laughs> fuck Mankind, yeah. So from, so the Monday after that, he has a match with Yokozuna. And this is where he injures Yokozuna. That's the part I kept because it's it, I still remember it as a child. Like yeah. I, He's going to injure him here, and the whole forklift thing is going to happen. And then Gorilla... The same night, this is going to take place the same night, Gorilla Monsoon tries to reprimand him while it's happening, and that's when Vader also puts out Gorilla Monsoon. And so the in one Monday Night Raw, he puts Yokozuna on a forklift and injures the president of the company, who at that oh. point had never been touched before. So yeah, you we're got throwing the, heat on top of Yes, 
heat on top of heat. The night before, completely destroys the big monster babyface and sends him packing. Then the next night, destroys the second biggest monster and the president, who was also regarded as the biggest monster ever in his time. So, after that, we go to King of the Ring, and Cole, can you remind me who won King of the Ring in 1995? Oh, God. Mabel! Thank you. So... We're not going there, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna. Oh, have... thank you, fucking Christ! <laughs> yes, yes, we're gonna have Vader win the 1995 King of the Ring, and you know, for my money, I think it should be the shortest King of the Ring ever. It should be all 30 second matches, all of them, <laughs> everyone that he's in. But uh, at, at that point, by the way, so he becomes King of the Ring. We got King Vader, and you know. I'll even say, I'm throwing this in right now, he has a fucking gold version of his helmet when he's the king. Uh, oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. Uh, so th from there, from there, he's going to go to SummerSlam because if you're the king of the ring, you, you got to go for the champion at that point. You're, you're kind of anointed. And the champion at that point is another resident babyface monster, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. So we got on one side, Big Daddy Cool Diesel versus King Vader. And... Um, like everything before, Diesel gets a little close, but at SummerSlam 1995, we have a new heavyweight champion, and it's Big Vader as the king with the title in hand. And then we're going to take that all the way to Survivor Series with the return of Yokozuna from his injury, and we're going to have that one-on-one -on -one match at Survivor Series. A big grudge match, Vader versus Yokozuna. Um... But, you know, Yokozuna comes the closest to beating Vader, but just kind of a quick one. Like, Vader, this is the first time Vader actually sells after a match. Like, fuck, that was close. Putting Vader over. Uh, putting Yokozuna over as, yeah, like, yeah. that guy that it's almost got the big got leg drop, all the stuff. Like, he's Yeah, close. everything. Yeah. Everything. But it's like, a five-minute, just, like, nonstop action fest, like, say, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar. Exactly. Just yeah. high-octane as much as they can possibly do for who they are type of match. And then... At that point, we got Bret Hart, Lumen, waiting to take down that monster. He not he wants that title just in time for WrestleMania. So he's like, he's the guy that's going to stand up to the big bully. And he's going to go after Vader at Royal Rumble. He's like, we don't want this monster representing this company at WrestleMania. I got it. This is my, this is the final chance to get this title off of this monster. And up until that point, uh, Vader on all the Raws, has been doing this thing where he just beats the shit out of people so decisively, but then he just walks off and gets counted out. He counts himself out. He's like, what do I have to, I don't have to pin this guy. Like it's a loss, but I still got the title. I'm just here to hurt people. So <laughs> he, he keeps doing that. That's his gimmick. So gorilla finally returns and makes this match where fine. But if you get counted out, you lose the title. If you want to play that game, if you pull this shit at the Royal rumble, you're going to lose the title if you get counted out. So, at the Royal Rumble, Bret Hart versus Vader. Big barn burner match. Vader, you know, Bret Hart is known for getting the best out of everything. Every one. Every, yeah, sure. he every heavyweight, every every size, every wrestler. He's, Bret Hart has always gotten the best out of that person. So, this is by far Vader's best showing, of course. Best match. Uh, good storytelling. But then... All of a sudden, the casket gets wielded out to the ring, and Undertaker rises out of the casket. That is him returning, and Vader 
scared, like not scared shitless, but runs out of the ring because he's going to fight this motherfucker that he put out almost a year ago. And in the process, gets counted out. Bret Hart becomes the champion. Vader doesn't lose and loses the title, keeps him strong. Bret Hart goes and still has the Iron Man match in 96 because that was my thing about rewinding the clock back. 96 was like a perfect year for me and I didn't want to touch it at all. So I didn't want I didn't want to mess with the Iron Man at all. I didn't want to go to like 97. So I want to do this to lead up to this 1996 blow off grudge match with no title involved with Undertaker versus Vader just as personal as you can get. And that's how I ended uh, Vader's uh, introduction into the company. Because from that point on, he's had yeah. no losses. For that whole run, he had no loss that hurt him and wasn't pinned. And now he's going to go and face Taker at WrestleMania, where he will actually get the loss. But it's against Taker, so it still doesn't hurt him. And he can go the next night on Raw and continue his whatever. He can go on and still have that SummerSlam match with Shawn Michaels. Because his last year was so decisive as a top draw, top heel, top monster, that whatever Shawn will attempt to do to him that night might, you know, not uh, go in his favor. Because he'll... With a run like that, in my eyes, you would have been solidified. Well, and the thing is, too, if Brett didn't actually really beat Vader in in your in your alternate universe, and yep. Sean is the first person to, I mean, Taker beat Vader, but then if Sean can beat Vader at SummerSlam, that's going to make Sean a top guy, a top babyface champion at that point. Exactly. And, and I and I think if either of those things happen, I think the co- the company's probably doing a little bit better under Sean as champion. Um, and plus, but, because Brett didn't actually beat Vader, Vader has a gripe to go after Brett again. You oh, didn't for beat sure. me. Let, let's go, let's let's fuck this whole no count out shit. Let's go pinfall for, pin, for pinfall. And then yeah. let's see what happens that, that, see what happens then. But then maybe Brett can prevail, making him hotter for that Iron Man match against Sean. And just, yeah, I... I like when I was putting together the, the the only thing that I got super detailed on was that debut. The visual of that helmet yeah. blowing up the casket and him having that helmet, I thought that was a big mistake just letting that part of him go in, in the WWF run because I thought that was such a cool visual. Uh something that, you know, it's it's very like showmanship and uh what's a pageantry. It's something that WWF E yeah. would just eat up and I'm just to this day shocked that it wasn't even you know well, they got I, rid of I, they got rid of Vader's helmet, but they put a helmet on fucking Ron Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the problem with the helmet is I think that it was a New Japan creation. I know there was some kind of lawsuit or something over the helmet with New Japan and Vader and something along those lines. And while W when he was in WCW using it, they had a working relationship with New Japan. So like that was part of, so I think that was part of the thing, but they could have come up with something, you know, for Vader or they could have trademarked it or whatever. Is like, so, um, I, I like, I, I, I think we have two great storylines here. And I it's funny. There's a problem. It's funny because there's a major focal point. It seems like we both wanted him to ultimately feud with Taker. Oh, I, yeah, I, to me, the, the money is in Taker beating Vader after a dominant run. So I, I think there's no argument there. I, I think the only issue I may have with with your, you know, storyline taking it back to 1995, I don't know that it was possible or, or you know, for Vader to be there in 95. 
You know, uh, I just don't know. I mean, obviously, I do, you know, there weren't contracts or anything, I don't think, at that point. Like, I don't know that he had a deal inked with WCW. So I, it might have been. Uh, but, you know, he had an agreement of some sort in 95. I mean, because he wrestled Hogan at some point when Hogan went to WCW. He was Hogan's first opponent. So we'd have I'd have to maybe look up and see where Vader was in 95 and what he was doing. He could have been in New Japan at that point. Um, because might, might I, be. I, I, I'm not sure when he left WCW. That may have been something we could have looked up. Um, or maybe something you should have looked up if you were going to bring him in in 95. <laughs> I mean, again, again, which is why which is why we kind of hit record and kind of went for it here. Oh, again, yeah. Again, I went full-on fantasy and rewrote history, whereas you kind of tweaked history, which is cool because I think it's two different perspectives. And I... I think it's a I think it's a good uh, mix balance of uh, our presentations. I just want full mark out how I would love to see it. Oh, for sure, for sure. So I I don't know that we can come up with a solidified idea <laughs> since we're in two different years. <laughs> I mean, the year doesn't matter. We don't yeah, have to true. specify the year. Um, we can specify. We can take all well, the moments. We yeah. can take all the moments and then cram them into a year. So I I feel like I like your beginning a little better because either way, second of the first thing Vader does after his his debut is take out Yoko. So I'm okay with both of those things. I think I I the obviously the visual of introducing a new character that people don't know that not everyone's gonna know obviously. Uh, and the theatrics with blowing up the uh, with blowing up the casket and all that and having the helmet there, I think that is something we are definitely going to keep. Yeah, and my and my and my uh, hope and my fantasy is that like you listen in the background and you can hear in the crowd's voice that they that some know who that is and some don't. Uh, I, I just think that just audio and visual wise. Uh, I just love I love debuts. We've even had a top ten about debuts, and I love yes. when like. There's like big vignettes and then debuts, or there's like foreshadowing and then vignettes and then the big debut. So it kind of plays with that whole concept of how to debut someone. For sure. I just, the, the thing is, knowing what year it is dictates a little bit of what's happening. And, and, and I will say, the hardest part for me was saying, uh, one, we're not losing the Iron Man match, obviously. Two, we're not losing uh, Austin. 316 like you can't lose those two things yeah you know and and so while yes it absolutely would have been better to bring vader in in 1995 um so i can i can fully get behind that because i think the fact that he debuted in 96 is ultimately what hurt his run yeah i mean what it comes down to it is that's that's it that killed his run because they brought sid back into the company in 96 Austin became the top heel in the world in 96 and Brett, I mean, but, and Brett was kind of gone. So there just weren't a lot of baby faces. It was really just Taker and Sean in 96. Um, and which is why they brought Sid in as a baby face. Cause like, what the hell else are you going to do? You need baby faces. Sid is, was mad over like for, for everything we say about psycho Sid or Sid vicious, whatever, the dude was fucking over, bro. That dude was over. Like I the him. fans loved Sid. His promos were incredible. 
I mean, like, I, I don't think anyone's exaggerating when they say flat out that Sid, if you could make a wrestler in a laboratory, he would come out and look like Sid, talk like Sid, walk like Sid, like everything about Sid is great. And the the bell rang. Like that's, but I mean, even Sid had some good matches. I thought his match with Taker was fine. So the stuff he did with Sean and Brett was obviously great because it's Sean and Brett and they're, you know, as long if Sean wants to have a good match with you, it's going to be good. You know, if he doesn't give a shit, he's going to have a lollipop in his mouth while he's selling the ankle lock, you know, shit like that. But, um, 95 would have been cool too, because then we had Bam Bam still. Yes. Yeah, and I didn't even take that into consideration because Bam Bam was a thing in 95, and we could have had that match that, you know, was a heartbreaker from our bracket. If we're doing 95, maybe instead of Yoko, we do that with Bam Bam. Yeah. Would be maybe my pitch. Yeah. I mean, both of our pitches, we did have that moment where he put Yoko on the forklift. Yeah, but well, but see, like I don't see that happening in 95 is my only thing, because like Yoko's still kind of a top heel in 95. And I don't, I, I don't feel like turning Yoko babyface is gonna help anybody. But fuck it, <laughs> like I, the fact that you could do it and do the thing with Gorilla makes Yoko a babyface. Like yeah. I, I mean, flat out, it just does. And and I like that angle. I like the idea of doing both of those the same night. We can also, you know, kind of combine forces and just, you know, take Bam Bam and put him in that Ahmed Johnson position and have that be the Intercontinental Title match. Oh, that would be so good. Yes. That would be so good. I, yes. I just, I, I mean, I feel like getting a title on Vader was important. Yes. Like, I, I we feel both like did. that's an important part At of SummerSlam, we both yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just different years. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so I, I'm, I'm good with all of this. I, I think basically we have an outline. No matter what's happening, we're bringing Vader in. He's going to beat the Undertaker up. Uh, early on and put him out and undertaker ultimately is going to be the guy who ends the dominance of Vader. So I, I think pretty much we we're, we're on the same page. Yeah. We're on the same page the whole way. Like it, the middle is, is all different, but at the end of the day, we're debuting him hard. He go, he, he goes after taker, he beats taker and then taker gets his revenge at WrestleMania. That's, you know, it's beautiful. And it's so funny that, I thought you were going a completely different way, but you ended up kind of starting and ending at the same spots as I did. Well, what? Let me let me just ask what what did you think I was going to pitch then if I was going to go a different way? Well, honestly, I thought like maybe Taker was going to be a stop somewhere, but ultimately Bret Hart was going to be the one to overcome Vader. Well, see, that's the thing. In '96, Bret was basically out the whole year. Yeah. That's when he took his time off and, and made his, his TV show and did all that stuff. And so since I was focusing, like I picked it up, I was like, okay, when did he actually debut? And mm -hmm. I my idea was like, okay, we got to pick it up from his actual debut and then build it up to a point. And uh, you just went, 96 sucks, fuck this, I want Vader to get over, so we're putting him in 95. <laughs> 90, that's my, no, my thing was 96 was great, let's not touch a, most of it and let's put him in 95, yeah. Definitely, because I thought that played a huge role in his booking was the fact that he got there a year too late, in my opinion. So let's 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 right the wrongs and put him in the in the year he should have been in, and then let's talk about it. But I think like the year is irrelevant 
Yeah, but you know, we could talk about that later. But yeah, I I think we we all share like we both share like key moments that should have happened and took take place to make him a bigger star than he ended up being. Cuz how they made him fizzle out instead of just like anointing him and then kind of just gradually, you know, having him go was was is one thing, but you didn't really solidify him as that top scary heel for like a long period of time. Yeah, because all they had to do is do what they did with Kane and make him a fucking big star and make him the champion and make him unbeatable. And then after that, he can go on for 20 years and just be that guy who's always a believable contender because you made him. So and that's, I, the, yeah. that, that's the beauty of like what we're doing, because at the end of the day, we don't really know shit because we can say we can do all these things with Vader, but Vader has to show up to work and be good to go anyway so maybe they had all this in store for him but just the the tales of leon white kind of took over and didn't really happen for him aside from like the click issues but uh yeah i well, love see, the, I, and I, but i think i think his weight the weight issues are blown way out of proportion because and and that's you know that's the company line and that's yeah. the bullshit that guys like bruce put out there just yeah. to fucking cover save face and cover it no the fact is that Austin became a big big guy. Sean didn't want to work with fucking Vader. Sean was a piece of shit to Vader, and so he got buried. <laughs> so shit had the same shit happened. Bam Bam had a main event with fucking Lawrence Taylor, but the click didn't like him, so Va- Bam Bam got fucking buried. It's not that he didn't work out as a baby face or he couldn't get over or any of that bullshit. No. The click fucking buried him. The click buried Two Cold Scorpio. The click buried fucking Shane Douglas. Those guys didn't work because Sean didn't want to fucking deal with them, didn't want to work with them, and so they didn't get to get over. Like, that's the facts of the matter. So we could have done all this in 96, and it would have been fucking fine. I don't care how fat Vader got. He still had that fucking phenomenal match with Taker where he took a tombstone and got light for it. Like Vader work, Vader's work was fine. There's no issue with it. You can go back and watch all these matches right now. I guarantee you we're not going to be going, oh God, what a fat piece of shit. Like I guarantee it because he went on after that to Japan and tagged with Too Cold and they had a great run into the 2000s. So like all that shit can eat a dick. Fuck Vince. Fuck Bruce. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, I was scared of Vader. Vader. Vader was something special as a as a ten year old kid. So like you know, I don't know. Uh, you know we we won't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but you know it just sucks. We don't we don't know the full details, but we can p- kind of guess what took place. But yeah, it, it it's been great talking about what could have been because you know I, I get all giggly when I when I armchair quarterback something that we're passionate about because, you know, everyone has perfect booking sense hindsight, you know, yes. hindsight's always 20, correct. So looking back and trying to correct stuff or what would you do differently is always a fun discussion, no matter what the true story actually was. And, uh, despite his fizzling out in the company, I still love Vader. I still love going back and, and uh, watching his matches, you know, from WCW, it, where I feel he was actually treated the best as far as like, oh, for sure, uh, as far as like writing his story and letting him tell it. Um, and we give him a lot of praise here. You know, it's it's not it's not rocket science. It's not coincidence that he won that bracket. It still shocked me, but because I thought Andre <laughs> Andre was going to win, but still. Uh, even just our discussions, as petty as some of it got, he ended up winning because. And none of us were mad about it. No, not so, at all. So, Vader's the man. 
you know, I think both of our stories did him justice. We both went the route of him being a dominant heel and then ultimately making somebody better by prevailing over him. And, you know, what better run can you ask for when you are a monster heel? I agree. So there we are. We have a solidified booking. The creative team makes Vader a monster. He dominates, wins titles, and ultimately is going to fall to the undertaker for the first time at the end of his, you know, big push once he's established as a top guy. And then who knows what happens from there. So uh, absolutely great. But speaking of armchair quarterbacking, things we're passionate about next week, we're going to be talking about both of our favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, and this one, I don't think you need 2020 hindsight to realize that this booking was just the drizzling shits and was awful. We are going to, Take it up with creative with Bret Hart in WCW. Now this one, you absolutely can't go back in time. It has to happen when it happened because we need the screw job because I think, and I know you agree, the screw job is the single most important moment in modern history today. So Absolutely. There will be no backtracking here. The only reason I backtracked here is because Vader needed it in order no, for, sure. for in order for things to work in my world. Oh no, I totally I totally agree with you. 95 would have worked way better for Vader. 100%. Yes. But at Bret Hart and WCW, it won't work unless we go by the time frame cuz both of our stories have to have to start with the Montreal screw job. Absolutely. So that's it. That's going to do it this this week, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you like this cuz we're going to this well because we fucking loved it and I cannot wait to rebook my favorite wrestler in the history of all of the business, Bret Hart in WCW. Like, this is just, like, egregious booking, like the dumbest shit that's ever happened. So I'm really excited for next week. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Cole Dawson, with my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn, saying thank you, good night, and moi.